Welcome to the Food John Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mills. I'm your man, Pete. What's happening, brother? Y'all finally got it. I pulled it off. No stumbles, no nothing. Oh, you did? Yeah, man. Listen, first and foremost, um, video is up on YouTube, so please, please, please like, share, and subscribe. It helps out a lot. Um, yes, it does. For sure. Patreon. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Five bucks. Go, on, go ahead over there, sign up. We got some, you know, behind the scenes stuff. So we got the pop series, little behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff. I am working on something very, very major, and Patreon is going to get it first. So, slide on over to the Patreon. Also, at Wallow Two Six Seven at Gilly, they have a new show. I said the name of the show is called Intros. Please head on over to their page. Head on over to they. The Gillian Wallow intros page. Add us. Let them know we somebody that they need to put on the show. Absolutely. So, you know, if you're part of the team and you and you know you listen, slide on over there. Do us that big do us that big favor. We would greatly appreciate it. Sure. So what's going on, man? How was your week? Busy. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. We- uh, um class officially started yesterday so we about to get back into the major swing of things up there as you as you guys could tell we're doing a phoner this week um p been busy i've been getting super super smacked around but you know it's all it's all for the good i can assure you that they they even treat you like a two dollar hoe that's crazy I wouldn't say a two dollar hoe. It's just uh, you know, between pie stuff and like you know, helping out at the at the restaurant, it's just been my head been all over the place. But it's focused. I'm locked in. I really can't wait for you guys to see what I got in store. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. sounds exciting for sure, for sure. So before we uh jump into tales, uh, by the time you know. This episode, you guys are hearing this episode. I want to do want to give a quick shout out to my mom. Happy birthday, Mom Dukes. Uh, happy birthday. So the tales for this week is is kind of 50-50. It's not necessarily a food a food-related thing, but it did happen at the spot. So I figure, okay. you know, just to you know shout Mom Dukes out, I'll tell this story. So I think you was there. Me and you were working at night. And it's one of them nights we got done super early. So my senior year of high school, I had to do community service in order to graduate. So I'm like, instead of finding someplace else to go to uh, get community service, I'll just go right around the corner to the ER, kick it for a couple hours. And then, of course, I get one of the doctors or nurses to sign me a note that said I I, I banged out my community service. So it was a plus. Right. So... Of course, I'm over there. I'm sitting at the, the, the ER desk, just chilling, just watching. I look up the hall. I see a dude in a gurney shaking, convulsing real bad. So then I see my mom take off, run down the hall. So she was she only was over there for about 30 seconds. So she comes walking back. So I'm like, what was that? She was like, he was having a seizure. I said, so you walked away? I said, what kind of nurse are you? So she was like, boy, I asked him what was wrong. And he told me he was having a seizure. Now, if you know, if you're convulsing or having a seizure, you can't talk. 
So that was like a right. little <laughs> a little tip off, like, oh yeah, he tripping. He just he wanted something. So shout out to Mom Dukes. Happy birthday. That's my tales for this week. Salute to you. Well mine's nothing like that. Nah, man, they just stories, you feel me? Mom was, you know, special special dedication, that's all. Yeah, nah, nah, I feel that. So, um, my tales for this week, it takes me also back to the spot because there's so many stories there, but seeing as how I was there way longer, I actually do have a lot of food-related stories. Sure. So, I was working on the third floor. It was a Wednesday. And we had just implemented our new system whereas though all of the residents would either eat in their room or in a dining room you know we had it would, we were new to the um the, the ovens and steam table system and whatnot they had to have spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars on all this equipment i was here for this so no. okay so we had we had bases and we had domes. So, you know, you put the base on the base warmer, warm the activated to warm the, the base up, put the sit the plate inside the base, put the dome on top, and that's how we would try to keep the food as hot as possible when it goes out into the hallway for the um, residents that didn't want to come into the dining room. It was a monumental pain in the ass. But it was the only it was the only alternative we had. So I was vicious. I'm a work smart, not hardball. So once I figured it out, I warmed up maybe 15, 20 bases and just stacked them on top of each other because the light bulb and all said if you stack them on top of each other and you initially warm them up, they nothing but direct heat. Hey, that shit worked too well. When I went to go grab those bases... You burnt the hell out of yourself, didn't you? What? <laughs> I thought I was going to look down and see my skin melted off my hand. My hand was so red. Skin didn't break. Crazy blistered, though. Like, the craziest blister I think I've ever had in my entire life on my hand a couple hours later. But it was safe to say that the equipment, at least in the beginning when we first got it, the equipment worked to a T because them motherfuckers was inferno hot. Yeah. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I was ready to walk out there, John. The only thing, and bro, this is going <laughs> to, it wasn't even the residents. I was done with them too. The only thing that kept me in there that day after I burned my hand was the fact that the babe worked on that. Oh, my God. But she was going, though. And this is crazy because this happened, like, shortly after you left. I was there. I was, I was there when we got the bases. I wasn't there long, but I remember when it came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you was there for you was it, But when I say you was there for that shit for a hot second... It was like, bro, when you landed your, your gig and you put that notice in, that notice couldn't have came fast enough. <laughs> Patreon stuff. You was Patreon stuff, Patreon stuff. <laughs> i tell you about that. No, it's cool. I'm just saying, like, you know, towards the end, you turn into a, turn into a douche. Uh, 
I wouldn't necessarily say a douche. I mean, you knew you was out of there, so you gave zero fucks. Shout out to the third member of the pod, Young Basil. But um, I wouldn't say a douche. I knew. I mean, I wasn't like. I did call out my last day though. That was crazy. Yeah, my bad, bro. That was crazy, bro. Like, and I'm like, bro, like your last day you call out your last day, man. Yo, the crazy part about it is your exact words to me, bro. Yo, man, fuck that job. I got a lot going on right now. Oh, what? Right. <laughs> my Yo. apologies, good sir. I was about to say, what it happened? Your bro. Little technical I difficulties. I was steady talking. I didn't even realize you wasn't on the phone no more. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. We good. We back. So I was what I was about to initially say was we got a good show lined up. I apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, this is our front of the house episode. So if you front of the house is the other half of the kitchen. So your bussers, your servers, your bartenders, front of the house management, food and beverage managers, general managers, everybody that does not have on a chef jacket, we consider front of the house. And where I want to start this conversation off is my brother P. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your experiences with front of the house? As a uh, as a whole, as a patron going to different establishments, not just back of the house. As a chef. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, overall, in my entire career, if I had to, you know, rate my career on a scale of one to ten, I'd give it a solid, like a seven. Okay. Yeah, I've been um, I've been fortunate to have worked with more um, good, competent front of the house crew versus the ones that you wish would go play in traffic. <laughs> so I'm a ride with you. I would say a seven. And I don't wanna I would say six and a half, but that's kind of cheating. So we'll just go with it with a good solid seven. You I agree with you I agree with you one thousand percent. I done had way more competent um front of the house staff, but on the flip side when I had non-competent front of the house staff, they were the worst. Yeah, you know. Listen, the thing of the thing about front of the house staff, if you have bad people, there's no in between. Like they're not not a little bad. Like they're like terrible. Like, what are you even doing here? Like, how do you still have a job here? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that always, uh, how did you even have a job here? Sometimes it just depends on the the job market or where the place is located or who they know. That's always a big one of how they maintain their jobs. But historically, there has always been back of the house and front of the house beef. Nothing crazy, but it's always the lack of communication which starts to break down and that's 99% of the time where the beef start because if you tell me if just for an example if you tell me yo I'm about to ring in a well done get it started and then you ring in the check and it says the complete opposite maybe a mean and rare I'm gonna get tight right because now just you just messed up <laughs> you just messed up the sequence of events and for them they may not have a clear understanding of what we do 
And we may not necessarily have a clear understanding of what, what they do, but what we do know is a lot of the bag of the house people are great people people and know how to um deal with other persons, maybe even patrons, even bet sometimes better than the server. It's just we got a, uh, a meter of <laughs> how much we want to deal with people, and that's why we stayed in back of the house. So. I definitely can. Um, I think in my um, in my career, the best front of the house staff that I worked with was my time at the hotel. For sure. Um, it was definitely a mixed bag, though, because. You had your front of the house crew that only worked in the morning. You had your front of the house crew that only worked at night. And then you had the very few floaters that would work in between shifts. Um, And, you know, it was what it was. But I will say that my biggest pet peeve, and I don't care what shift you worked my biggest pet peeve with front of the house staff, especially um, servers, was not picking up the ticket fast enough. Please don't have my food sitting in the window. Um, you preaching now. Getting cold. Please don't. Especially depending on what it was. Because those heat lamps only did but so much. And really, they just made the plate hot. Yo, but I hated having to make something again because they didn't want it because it got cold. And anybody who dines out or not a lot knows the difference between a plate that you just took the food off and warmed it up and put it back on versus a dish that just came out the saute pan. That's a fact. It's like it's like you can't play on a patron's intelligence. We do have our tricks of the trade, and yeah, sometimes we can disguise it, but don't don't insult our patrons. And plus, too, this is how we all get paid. Mm-hmm. You give subpar service, you want to get a subpar tip, or not even get a tip at all, and then it makes us look bad because my biggest pet peeve is front of the house blaming the kitchen for everything. Oh my goodness, bro! It's like, it's like, instead of just communicating, "Hey, you're a little behind," and we can, we do. When you're talented enough, or you've been in this business a long time, you know how to slow down and you know how to speed up. So if you just let us know within a reasonable amount of time that, "Hey, I'm behind," slow down, or I don't got nothing going on, speed it up. Like we can make that happen for you. It's been countless and countless and countless times i've dealt with uh yo chef let me talk to you guess is complaining that their food was cold and my response always is it didn't come out the oven cold it didn't come out the pan cold so what happened in the meantime between time you right listen i done pulled off some james bond type stuff a couple times where i foresaw how busy we were Now, there's been nights where we weren't estimated to be busy but then we get slammed and those are the nights that management would think that they had it all figured out 
and would only have one server on instead of two. So the way it the way that they ran it, you had one server that primarily focused on the bar and the bar area. And then you had another server that focused on the restaurant area so that all bases are covered. But what do you do if you're trying to cover an entire lobby with one person? You just fucked. But not even. Yeah. It's not even because there's ways to go around it. You can cut the you can cut the dining room off. There's always that option. They would keep everything open. And that was the that was the pitfall because you ever I don't know, of course you have. You ever work in a work in a place and you know some shit isn't gonna work and you actually voice your opinion and say this isn't gonna work. Why don't we do it this way? But for the sake of argument, whoever's in charge just swears that he or she knows what they're doing. They're smarter than you, and they have it figured out and know we're going to do it our way. And you know their way doesn't want to work. But you shut up, mm-hmm. and you just, let them, you just let them see for yourself that it's not going to work. Now they're coming in the next day, and they're wondering, well, why did two steak entrees get comped and why did this happen and why did this happen? Oh, y'all not doing your jobs. People going to get written up. And it's like, no, we did our job. But again, you had one server trying to cover the entire lobby by herself. What did you expect to happen? And in those moments, mm-hmm. it's great. <laughs> when other management actually takes your side and it's like, no, listen, like he's right. Why wouldn't you blah 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 blah? And now they're looking at you like, I hate you. And it's like, well, you instead of being cheap, trying to save the company money that don't care about you at the end of the day, put the people on that need to be on. So that'd be so yeah, but that but that'd be the thing too. Like it's a lot of money hungry. Shout out to the the unofficial third member of the podcast that'd be a lot of the issue where it's just all about the money and sometimes people forget that we're in a hospitality business we're in the business of giving out an experience it ain't the, it ain't about the money it's about the experience true but i don't want this to come off like a bash session of like <laughs> why we hate front of the house it's always some good it's some good moments with front of the house um you know, you got any like examples of like some good front of the house, back of the house, you know, interactions or, you know, just holding each other down? Yeah, I got plenty. So, um, towards the end of my tenure at the hotel, um, you already know her. Um, shout out to homie Kim. You know, we, we work together and she worked at night. She was a server and she was a bartender and she had her days that she did, you know, designated to do certain jobs. So when she, especially when she was working as a bartender, because when you were the bartender, you also took all the orders for the kitchen for people that sat at the bar. All of her orders always came back on time. 
she had everything down to a science where it was though she would come back, peek, check in the kitchen, see if her stuff is in the window. If it's there, she'll grab it real quick and she'll go. Um, it was a couple times when people really, really loved their dish and they would give her a crazy tip and she would come back and bust it down and split the tip with whoever made the dish because she knew that she wouldn't have got that hefty of a tip if the food wasn't a, like like superb. That's thorough. Like she, that is yeah, rare. Yeah, but like, no, like she was truly like one of a kind in there. And a lot of the other servers hated on her because of that. But it's like, yo, look, if you... If you want better, do better. Be better. Simple as that. You can't want the moon in the sky, but you're not willing to put in the work. And then not for nothing, some people just aren't people people. Like if you're not a people person, this isn't the job for you because all you do is deal with the public. And, and you ca- you got to be indifferent whether they're the greatest customer you ever had or the worst customer you ever had. You, this is how we get. This Absolutely. how you make a living, and if you can't handle it either way, might as well get out the car. <laughs> this, this ain't for you. Absolutely not, bro. Absolutely not. But you know, I did. There was a couple people, man. I hated working with them, but like I said, majority of it was very, very positive. Um, even when I used to work at the diner. Um, you know, a lot of it was um, learning as you went, picking things up as you go. But we had a pretty solid team there. I mean, not for nothing, my experience with front of the house, even 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 managers, have pretty much been positive. They would they wouldn't bring their bullshit to the back of the house and try to put it on us. They would handle their stuff the way they needed to. We would handle ours the way we needed to. It was very few blame game shit show situations. Um, yeah, I would listen. I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed to not have too many, um, if any, real horror stories when it comes to the discrepancy, the disparity between front and back of the house. But I will say this though: um, there were times, very few, and I only did this to people that I truly, truly fucked with. There were a few times when front of the house people were swamped and I didn't want to remake a dish. So what I did was I played it off. I played it off. I would take the food out myself if I knew exactly where it was going. And I would play it off where it was like, oh, the chef or the cook wanted to bring them their meal personally. And, you know, they got the experience. I talked to them for a second, see what's going on, make them feel, you know, involved and everything else. And then that server would nine times out of 10 get a very, very nice tip because they got the, the chef experience. For sure. But we always played it off. Like the server is the one that set it up when it was really me. I just didn't want the shit to get cold. And, you know, when when we would do that, it, it was always um a nice experience because, as you know, 
seeing the look on their faces, those those, those moments, those are the the priceless moments. It always hit different when the when the chefs when the chefs come out. Always, and you could, and, and a lot of times this happened to me quite a few times, just because because we can explain what's going on way better than a server ever could, just because we have a there's the understanding is different, but we explain it from a chef's stance versus a server trying to explain what a chef's stance is, it hits different, and then at that point. Because they just see the the uniform, the jacket, they kind of most of the time they're like putty in your hands. You can tell them anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think for me, like the best, the best server back of the house, front of the house experience I had was in the first the first steakhouse I ever worked at, because it was literally a family. Like if a server messed up. They was catching it from front of the house and back of the house. If a cook messed up, they was catching it from everybody. And don't be the one that messed up and ruined the flow of the entire night. Because it was literally like, yo, what are you doing? And then the, the server would be like, yo, you like you messing it up. This is how we get paid. Like, and it, But it was really like a respect thing. And then it was also the feeling of damn I disappointed my family so working there that was like my best front of the house back of the house experience um my worst my worst was it was never at one particular place it was always one particular person and you never you ever get the feeling when you see somebody walk in the door and you know what kind of night it's about to be uh-huh. it was always that like I know my shit gonna get cold I know my shit gonna get sent back. I know I'm gonna have to talk to your manager. I may gotta talk to you like a manager if I'm a, a manager at that point. And then that whole back of the house management can't talk to front of the house and vice versa. Then that's a thing as well. But I think that's more ego driven than anything. And yeah, I, 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 I would say so. Yeah, like only my chef could talk to me attitude. And it's like, you don't got a suit on, you can't talk to me. And that's just a different thing within itself. Like we, this might be a. We might have to have a part two about this. So, but you know, front of the house and back of the house, it always, majority of the time, it comes from a good place of like care and actually wanting to do good. It's never just people purposely like fucking up. Yeah, because the ones that really truly don't care. The ones that truly be messing it up, they always end up weeding themselves out and they never last long. So, And real quick, like a little tip back at the house people that's listening. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. You know who the crappy server is because they complain about money. Mm-hmm. That I ain't making no money tonight. You suck. <laughs> that's the red flag. If you, it could be if it's slow, you could still make your money. That just means you just got to work a little bit harder. You got your people that don't necessarily want to work that hard. They just want to give basic service and get their money. But the tell the tell of who's a good server and who's not is who's complaining about money. And your great servers, they usually you know quiet about it. 
A or they'll always come back. Yo, this is my table. Make sure this is that. And that's like another. That's another back of the house trick too. If you have a, a POS system, uh, point of sales like micros or things like that, it tells you who rung in the food. Front of the house, the cooks know. So if your food always comes out hot and perfect all the time, you're the good server. If it's always a back and forth issue between you and the cook, you suck. Or maybe not suck. You're just not as good. So those are little tips and tricks of like to find out who you really are. Or back at house two, if you always if you if you're always on the busy station, no matter what station you're on, you're the good cook. Because they're not sending nobody to the worst one. It could be this a, a horrible cook on Garmage. They'd be like, man, we ain't selling no salads tonight. Entree, everything. But how would they... So, in that situation, would they let... They, they just wouldn't push... Any cold items, they will only push hot items to the to the to the um to the customers. Mm-hmm. But that's like that's the, that tells the level of like how good your server is. Hey, listen, I know your heart is really set on a Caesar, but we have lobster bisque. I think you should really give the soup a try tonight. And that could just be like, well, damn, it, all, it serving all serving to me is really about the art of suggestion. And if you're really good and you're really convincing, you could. You could sway anybody anyway. I mean, you do have your stubborn customers, but your people, you got your people that always go out. They'll know. And then the people that go out rarely, it's like, okay, you're out. Why do you just want to get a Caesar? Get something you don't normally get. And that's a part of right. building the experience. It's been, I've worked in plenty of places where it's like, you could look at the sales report at the end of the night and we have probably like, I'll just say like an easy 200 reservations and we only sold eight salads. I know who worked. Eight salads and like thirty four soups. Like I know, it's like yeah, I know who worked tonight. Versus, you may have a night where you got one hundred and sixty salads, no soup, and all steaks, no entrees. So it's it's, uh, it's like ways you could tell who's who. Gotcha. Yeah. So what you got for motivational this week, man? Okay. So this week. So motivational, I would have to say, we do what we got to do to be in the mix so we cannot be in the mix. And it's a crazy play on words. And at first, it's like, oh, well, he's talking in circles. What does he mean? So if you think about it, and I'm going to dumb it down as much as I can, we do what we do to put ourselves out there in the forefront so that we can make a name for ourselves, so that we can accomplish whatever our heart's desires are. And then once you do that and you're good and you're exactly where not you want to be, where you need to be, then you can start to fall, fall back, play the background, fade to black, however you want to word it. But you, you hustle and you grind and you do everything you got to do just so you can disappear. And then once you disappear, now you're living that comfortable life that you've always wanted to live. But in order to do that, 
you got to put yourself out there first. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to piggyback off your joint. I had something different, but I'm going to hold on to it because that's kind of like in-depth. Um, let's just say that for a studio uh, motivational mic drop. But just to piggyback off of yours, it's just kind of like get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You surprise yourself way more than you surprise others by handling adversity and being okay with it. Knowing, you're, you know, there's some adversity coming, there's some trials and tribulations, you don't know what's over the hill. Get comfortable with that feeling because nine times out of ten you'll even surprise yourself. Absolutely. So get comfortable. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Nah, I definitely agree. So listen, man, it was a cool episode today. Again, I apologize for the technical difficulties, but we got right back on, right back on cue. Again, YouTube, like, share, subscribe, Patreon. Go sign up to our Patreon. It's only five bucks. You know, it helps out a lot too. Um, what else we got? Please at Gillian Wallow at Million Dollars Worth the Game at Gillian Wallow intros. Like, hit them up. Plug us in. For sure, y'all don't realize how much that will truly help us. And even if we don't get on the show, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's let's when we get on, we got we got the the Food Joint Podcast family, the family to thank. We know we're not putting no doubt in the in the universe. When we on there, we shouting out the whole family, and then you know, please stay in, in store. Patreon by next week, we got a big big surprise for y'all. And then once Patreon has their fill, then we'll put it out to the public. But I we definitely got some big stuff coming, and I can't wait. Sure, I, I, I'm excited for these surprises because I don't even think I know what. With the, with some of these surprises are. I think I'm going to be just as surprised as, uh, as everybody else. God, that was the point, if you want me to be perfectly honest. Because, you know, we both been busy, but you know when I go radio silent, I got something. I, f- I figured out the matrix. Now, listen, that's a fact. That's a fact. You definitely uh, bat in a thousand with the on the consistency level when you disappear for a little bit. Yeah, it don't be, it don't be yeah. long, be a week or two. I just got to, I got to, I just look at it like I got a a physics problem in my head and I just need time and peace and quiet to figure it out. And once I figure it out, home run. No, I feel that. I definitely feel that. But that's the truth, though. Sometimes you got to take a step back. That way you can see things. You can see things a little clearer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right, y'all. Stay tuned next week. Same time, same place. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Peace out, y'all. Y'all stay safe.